Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. This morning is the last uh, part of our summer series. Summer series is uh, Crank Up the Joy. And this morning is is entitled Stay Focused on Eternity. I heard a saying in my youth, and, you know, maybe like zero to 40. Still young at 40, right? How many here under 40? Right? Don't answer that. Um, But it was like this. Some people are so heavenly-minded... They're no earthly good. Anybody heard that saying? There's some that, that's out of your generation, I guess. But that was a saying. I heard that a lot back in the early days of my life. Uh, or something similar. Uh, but I'd like to say, you know, that's not really so true. Because I think the Bible says, I know the Bible says, that those are both at the same time. You can be heavenly-minded, and you can be earthly good. Uh, And I believe that it's only, the the, the fact of it is by staying focused on eternity that you are able to be earthly good. We're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, That is how we fulfill God's purpose in this world is focusing on eternity. Focus on what is next. Let me read you a scripture out of uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Our suffering is light and temporary and is producing for us an eternal glory that is greater than anything we can imagine. We don't look for things that can be seen, but for things that can't be seen. Things Things that can be seen are only temporary, but things that can't be seen will last forever. Now, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Perhaps, I think, he was the most persecuted of the apostles. At least he wrote about it. We hear a lot about it in the scripture. But he was also probably the most powerfully focused. As I said to you the last time I was here, you know, he wrote uh, two-thirds of the New Testament, 14 books. Um, And he was really focused Uh, He continued his journeys around through shipwrecks, through beatings, through stonings, through riots, through imprisonments, all of these things. And at the end of this life, he wrote this to Timothy, his young pastor friend. He said, I have fought well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've been faithful. In the future, there is reserved for me a crown in heaven and all those who have set their heart on waiting for him. To make the most of your life, I want to say again, you must keep your view of eternity ever before you. You know, those were some fantastic views we just saw up there. Um, Just a little bit and just a tiny part of the universe, really. It looks vast, but that's just a little, 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 little part of the universe from the Hubble Space Telescope, which 
travels 560 kilometers above the earth and is, uh, you know, it's been up there for 30 years, 30 years in April. And you know, it had a shutdown. How many know that? Five, five week shutdown in June into July. They didn't know what was wrong and they got it going again. But anyway, there's, a, there's, a, there's someone coming after it. No, I mean a telescope, I mean. Uh, there's something coming after it, uh, even more powerful. But, you know, there's a benefit in looking skyward into the night in awe and wonder. It's, there is a real benefit. You go out there and you look on a, especially, you know, cold winter night, don't want to go out there so much, but, or when we can see through the smoke, uh, you go out there and you look, and, you know, it can, it can settle your heart. And you can walk and you can meditate on God and you can look up and you say, wow, the wonders of his creation, you know. Uh, they declare the glory of God. But keeping the view of eternity is much, much more than looking at what, the God, what God created. Much, much more than that. What he has made, it's much, much more than that. Uh, see, here's the thing. You and I were created for eternity. And your place in eternity will be heaven. You're heaven bound if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, that's interesting. I've heard people been asked, will my dog be in heaven? I'm not going to take a poll on that uh, by getting you to raise your hands. But, you know, the Bible does say, this is all I'm going to say, and you can figure it out from here, the lion will lay down with the lamb. The Bible says that. You know, I was at A&W cruise night the other night, uh, Thursday night, and somebody asked me, do you think there will be hot rods in heaven? <laughs> Classic cars? I know, I didn't really have a response at the time, but I got thinking about it, and I, I, I wanted to say, I think you might be talking about the other place, right? This might be where they are. Um, but here it is, really. The scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. That's what he said to his disciples. Um, so, let me ask you this. What is the greatest distraction in your life right now? Think about it. What is the greatest distraction? What is the disappointment? What is the problem? Can you name one? Whatever it is, I want to tell you this morning that it is temporary. Jesus said in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, and this is an important, really important book, Colossians. It's, it's about the believer's union with Christ and all that flows from it. So look at this scripture with me, Colossians 3, uh, 1 and 2. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. There's Paul again, right? He doesn't pull any punches. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around, going on around Christ. That's where the action is. 
What's going on around Christ? What is happening around you and around me that, you know, God is doing something. And, you know, just like this uh, smoke is kind of blanketing, uh, blanketing us today, you know, sometimes the co- troubles and the cares of life and all of the stuff, and, you know, the, think about the past 16 months and kind of things that are going on in the world and, you know, the news and all that stuff, it kind of blankets us. But Paul says, look up. With your spiritual eyes, look up. Keep the view of eternity before you. Focus on him. Now, some of you are facing something right now, you know, uh, the old saying, we said it up here many times, you're either coming into a problem, you're in a problem, or you're going through a problem. So, you know, you're in the vicinity of something, And some of us are facing something right now. I'm going to say to you, look again at Jesus. See, that's your approach in discouragement, in trials, in temptation. That's your awareness in anxiety and pain. That's your attitude in problems and difficulties. We're talking here about your perception. What are you perceiving? The light of eternity is Jesus. He's the light. He said, I am the light. So the lens that you look through at all of life here in our society today ought to be Jesus. Look for the things that will last. Jesus is our eternal God. He rose from the dead. He ever lives in heaven, making prayers, intercession for us. See, there's so many lenses in this world that we can look through. But they're all out of focus. They really are. They're dark, some of them. They're fractured, and they are passing away. Those lenses are passing away. Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 4.18, things that are seen don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we keep our minds on the things that cannot be seen. Wow. And we see these things with the eyes of our heart, which is our mind, our emotions, our thoughts, our meditations on God as we take and take his word in as the Holy Spirit makes it real to us in our life situation as we go through life. We Take those things in. Most people can have a great amount of trouble, frustrating circumstances, and disappointment as long as they have hope. You've probably experienced that. As long as you have hope, you can get through those things. But what kind of hope are we really talking about here? When, you know, is it really true hope? Or is it fleeting? Or is it temporary? Or is it false? Or is it wishful thinking? Is it that hope when we have our own power and our own control over something? What hope are we talking about? Is it that hope that, you know, okay, I'm just going to tie the knot off here and hang on? Right? Right? That knot at the end of the rope. 
But that can be wishful thinking too, and then you got a problem. Um, See, Jesus offers the only hope that is eternal. An undying hope. The hope of the resurrection that gave the disciples on Easter morning resurrection hope. It's that union with Christ. You know, you can go on your, hanging on your own knot for a while, but what does Christ really want you to do? He wants you to let go and fall into him. Because he's surrounding that knot that you're hanging so desperately on. That thing that, ah, you can't let go of it. It's a new way of life he wants you to have. He's all around you, so let go. Believer, it says this in Colossians. Again, the, the, the book on the union with Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You don't need to know not to hang on to, right? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, will also, you also will appear with him in glory. Difficulties don't last. They may seem like they do, uh, but compared to eternity, our hope in God lasts forever. Things that are seen don't last. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is steadfast because they trust you. You know, it's not this thing of, well, I'm just going to deny, you know, let's say a few weeks ago, 42 degrees. Anybody remember that? It's almost as bad right now. It just seems I didn't get used to it. Uh, But it's like going out in that weather and saying, it's not hot and I'm not here. Right? That's, That's just insanity, really. But we do go there and we try to squelch our anxiety and our, 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 our worry. And that's called mortify. We mortify, mind over matter. But the word in the scripture that I just read you is, is this, uh, whose mind is steadfast. Let me tell you a little story. My son was about 10 years old. He was skateboarding and uh, he fell and cut his knee really deep, really, really deep. Okay, so what do I do? Do I go out there and say, son, just get up and walk it off? No, no, I didn't do that. that. Well, that would be mind over matter, really. Steadfast means fixed in direction, steadily directed, firm in purpose. We had a problem when that happened. Yes, there was pain. Yes, there was blood. So what we did, we wrapped his knee up. Did I say we? <laughs> wasn't me. My wife, Debbie, wrapped his knee up and we got him in the car and drove to the clinic. So we're sitting in the room where the doc is stitching him up. And when the doc is done, he says, he says there, he's sitting there, and you know, we're, we're sitting there, and he looks over at me. And he says, 
are you okay? <laughs> I guess he didn't think I looked very steadfast. Wait, here's the rest of the story. So they took x-rays of his knee because it was such a deep cut. And so the next day, the doctor phones our place with the x-ray results, and he says to Debbie, your son's fine, but how's the dad? I don't get it. I used to, I used to drive an ambulance in, in, you know, in, a, in a small volunteer ambulance and had training, and I, I lost my steadfastness, that's for sure. Um, but focus on God. There's over 60 references in the Psalms predicting uh, the coming of Jesus, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his reigning. Uh, and he, David says about, really about Jesus. He's talking about God, but he's looking forward to Jesus. There's, there's hundreds, well, dozens of references. He says, but his plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. So we look for the things that, things that last, not don't last, pardon, that last, right? Focusing on eternity. That's perspective. We have perception, we have perspective. Now, here's a scripture, another one. It's found in Hebrews and people debate, you know, the scholars debate, was Hebrews written by Paul? Was it written by someone else? You know, a lot of it sounds like Paul, whether or not it's the word of God. Hebrews 12, one to three. <clears throat> Look at this one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That's what he is, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, your faith, every woman and man and child, their faith has been given, and they've been given, you've been given a measure of faith and somehow we think we have to kind of drum up our faith. But he says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter, the pioneer of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. This is talking about, you know, in the, in the language in which this was written, it's talking about having a careful assessment. Looking at Jesus, what he said, what he did, what the Bible talks about him. Take a careful assessment of how he endured the pain, how he suffered the opposition from sinners. Take a careful assessment. Look at Christ's endurance. Look at that when we're going through our own troubles and our own trials and our own problems. 
we get our eyes off ourselves and onto Jesus. I think uh, Pastor Brent started this series off. Uh, he quoted Rick Warren's book, This is not about you. It really isn't. So step back and get the right perspective. That will give you hope. A hope that does not disappoint because it's eternal from God. Here's another Psalm 61, 2 and 3. I don't have it up on the board. Uh, Listen to this. Jot down the, the, the text here, the reference. I feel hopeless and I cry out to you from a faraway land. Boy, some of those places we find ourselves in in those troubles, it's like a faraway land, isn't it? Lead me to the mighty rock. Jesus. Jesus is a chief cornerstone, it says in the word of God. Lead us to the mighty rock, high above me. You are a strong tire, tower where I am safe. Strong tower. For them, they ran into it. They're safe. The hordes of people coming after them to enslave them, they, could, they couldn't get in. The things that are running after you to enslave you and, and make you turn back in your walk with God, you can run into the tower, the high tower, which is Christ Jesus. You know, hope doesn't remove problems, but carries us through. So, heavenly-minded and earthly good. Stay focused on eternity. That's the way to do it. Now, this earthly good thing. What we, have, what we need to do is share with others our hope. The hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the best thing you can do for anyone. That's the best thing you can do here on the earth. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, all these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through what Jesus Christ did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. You know, I'm so thankful that someone shared their hope in Jesus with me. Let me tell you a little bit of that story, just briefly. It happened almost a half a century ago, coming this fall, 48 years, dating myself, but you know the experience is no different, whether it happened two days ago or 48 years ago. I was working at a car dealership in Edmonton, not as a salesman. Um, In the parts department, unloading trucks, auto parts, stocking shelves in the bins. Uh, I was still a teenager, actually. I was 19. Um, And a, a young fellow worked there with me. We called him Little John because he was short. He was a short little guy, but he was a man. He definitely was a man. He could, he could work as much as me, you know, as hard as I could. And I was a young 19-year-old man with dark hair. Um, uh, so he, wor- he worked part-time at the dealership. I was full-time, and he studied at a nearby Bible college. You know, we had a lot of interaction. I remember he came back to do the semester in September, and I had come, I think, to that job sometime in August, and we began to relate. Being my very good friend, 
And, you know, I'd only been living in Edmonton a month or two. And, you know, I looked forward every afternoon to him coming to work. And he'd clock in. And it's interesting. We had, he got to know me, you know, and he talked, talked with me, and he got to know me, and he was always friendly, and, you know, we did become good friends. And I remember this one time, and his talks got, you know, below the, below the uh, surface. Um, in those days, I considered myself a type of hippie. Um, you, know, you all know what hippie means, right? Not so much anymore. Some of you do. You're laughing. There's still a few, uh, a few of them around. Um, in fact, my grandmother. I went up to Athabasca to uh, visit her, and when I got off the bus, she said, "Oh no, not another one of those." Because my cousins up there that lived up there, you know, they had, they kind of thought the same way or dressed the same way. But at, at back to work. I, I was at work. I used to wear a peace sign carved out of wood right here, right? Around my neck. And one day, little John got the conversation going. In a very kind way, he said, did you know that that medallion around your neck is an upside down broken cross? Wow. Okay. So that talk, you know, turned into some really interesting things. And you know, we kept engaging and talking and, and uh, you know, one week in November of that year, little John asked me to attend a huge youth event. It was at a large church nearby. Hundreds of youth were there. I mean, I'd never seen like a building with that many youth in it. Um, no, even rock concerts I went to weren't as that big, I don't think. But... Um, so we're there, it's, a, it's at the local church, hundreds of youth. And that's the night that I heard that there was a personal faith in Jesus Christ. John had already been talking to me about it. I heard that night about Jesus' return, and it really scared the you-know-what out of me. And afterward, John invites me over to his apartment and we talked some more, and that night he led me in the sinner's prayer and I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I was this 19-year-old young man, lonely, no direction, new in the city, feeling like I'd been dropped off at a bus stop and left, really, just left there, you know. And yet, I had begun a new journey that changed my, changed my entire life, it really did changed the direction of my life. See, someone, John, had shared the hope that they had in Jesus. God wants us to share our hope with others. You know, there's directionless people out there. There's people that are suffering and don't know where to turn, don't know what to do, don't have any hope in their life who have not yet found their hope, their true hope in Jesus Christ, your friends, your neighbors, your family. What do we have to do? We need to share where we are. That's all we need to do. Share the love of Christ in a kind way. The uh, Bible says, love God 
and love others. You know, maybe doing something so that you get an opportunity. That's really what John did with me. He befriended me. We laughed. We joked. We got serious. I'm going to, this time before we close this off, invite the band back on stage. Colossians 4 5 says, Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in all your contacts with them. Little John was a wise young man. He was three or four years older than me, but he was a wise young man. He was kind, he was friendly, he was considerate, he never judged me. He helped me get started in my faith journey. He gave me a New Testament. He took me one day to uh, the Bible bookstore in Edmonton, and he helped me pick out a Bible. He got me connected to the local church. He did something else, too. I was living in really a slum. I was. It, it was awful. It was a basement suite in not the best part of Edmonton. And you know what he did? He got me into a place with three other young Christian men. Uh, they were actually from the Bible College. It, it was great. I found out that Bible college students aren't angels. But it was, a great, it was great. Rick Warren says, telling others how they can have eternal life is the greatest thing you can do for them. On, in that book, what, am I, what on Earth Am I Here For? This is a way you stay focused on eternity, you know, talking to others. And there's another way you can serve here at People's Church, helping fulfill the mission of this church. You know, our mission statement says we are here to bring people into the full knowledge and expression of Jesus Christ. Like little John did with me decades ago, bring a friend to church with you. Help get their kids into kids' church or into the youth programs. You know, we, you hear week after week the fabulous, fabulous stuff we have for kids here. And they learn about Jesus and they learn about eternity. Bring out to CR. Celebrate recovery. Next Sunday, here's an opportunity. Next Sunday, Pastor Nelson begins a series on family, God's way. You think that might be an opportunity to help a family that's struggling. Do you think you might know some families out there that are struggling in this world today? Some families that need some hope? Some families that need some encouragement? There's a ton of them, isn't there? See what I said. You can be heavenly minded and you can be earthly good. But they go together. Your purpose, my purpose, as we live in the light of eternity is to let God love us, learn to love him, and live for his purpose in this world, which is others. Follow others. Follow after them and help them. Um, you're here this morning, or maybe you're viewing online, some of you, you heard my story this morning. How accepting Jesus as Savior and receiving him into my life 
how he changed the direction of my life. I learned how he loved me and he forgave me. And you know, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know them at all. I don't know your pain. I don't know your trouble. I don't know your discouragements. But I know that Jesus knows everything about you and he loves you. And he wants you to know him. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray it along with me. Let's bow our heads. If this is... uh, you're wanting to know Jesus today, wanting to receive him, you could pray this prayer. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. Lord, help me to know you. Help me to trust you. Help me to love you and to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins. Thank you, Lord, that you cared enough about me to die on the cross to forgive those sins. Lord, may I follow you all my days on this earth until I do see eternity. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're here. You can fill out a little card. Get a hold of us. We want to help you in your first steps to Jesus, finding him, walking with him. And if you're online, give us a call at the church. Give us an email. Let us know. Now, Christians, C.S. Lewis said this, if you need history, if you read history, pardon me, you will find the Christians who did the most in the world were those who thought most of the next world of eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, to focus on eternity is to focus on you. Sometimes, Lord, we've been caught up so much in the present fear, the present frustration, uh, our busyness, our troubles, our anxieties. And Lord, it seems at times that we've lost our joy. But I know, Lord, what you said to your disciples, take courage I have overcome the world. May we in these days fix our eyes on you, Lord. Lord, you began our faith and you will take it and perfect it. And you will take us through, each one of us, through our troubles and trials and those things that distract us. And you'll take us to our place in heaven one day. But we ask for your help to reach out today to those in our circles of influence and share our lives with gentleness, with love, with compassion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. 
for being our shepherd, for being our king, for being our friend. You call us friends. You don't call us slaves. We bless your holy name today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.